your heart this morning. I don't know what will bless you. Amen? You know, pastor sends me a text message and he said, I'm praying for you, Brother June. I said, I need a lot of that, Pastor. Uh, but I just thank God that, you know, uh, in spite of difficulties and trials, tribulations, he's there. He's there. Uh, that's one of the songs that uh, really helped me in my, in my struggles in life. Uh, no matter what happens, he's there. Is there. I invite you to the book of uh, Mark this morning, chapter 4, the book of Mark this morning, Mark chapter 4, beginning in verse 35, verse 35, in the same day, when, he, when the event was come, he said unto them, let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there was also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat in the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Verse 39, And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And, said, and he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they, verse 41, And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? That's why, Father God be, as we come before you, I ask, Dear God, that you would send the Holy Spirit to, to quieten our hearts. Lord, give us the peace that passes all understanding. Lord, take away anything that will gonna hinder us from learning what you want us to learn today. I ask, dear God, that you would help this stammering and stuttering tongue of your servant that I may... Uh, Deliver your word to your people. Father God, I have nothing to offer except you and your word. So Lord, bless your word to our hearts. May Jesus Christ be glorified in all, sing, in all things said and done this morning. For this we ask in Jesus' precious name. Amen. They say that two things are certain in life. Debt and what? Taxes. Let me add another one to that. Trials, troubles, testings, tribulations. And at the account that we look at this morning, it is called the storm. It is called the storm. I am sure that there are some people today in the church right now, and I say right now, 
who are going through a storm in their lives. There will be some people who will be experiencing a storm soon. And there are also some of us that have gone through the storm. Folks, we all faces a storm. Whether it be financial, where you don't know where the money where the money will come from to pay the bills. Health storm, uh, you get a a message from your doctor and says, can you come into my office? And it's usually not a good, you know, not a good one, isn't it, Doc Fabian? Marital storm. His spouse said, I want out of this marriage. Spiritual storms. God. Where are you? Job-related storm. Uh, you know what? You're a good worker, but we need to let you go. Emotional storms. Sit down. You've got some news about your mom, about your dad, about your child. Yes, all of us will face a storm. The good news this morning is that we can lift our gaze above our circumstances to see that Jesus Christ is Lord in the storm and because he is Lord of all. He is Lord of all. My prayer as I study this message during the week is that God will use this message to encourage all of us, not just during the times of uncertainty, but in every situation in our own personal lives, when tomorrow is a question mark. When things doesn't make sense. Have you been there? You try your best, but as if you don't get ahead. And so this morning, I want us to learn some important lessons from the storms of life. And that's the title of the message this morning, Lessons from the Storms of Life. Lesson number one. Lesson number one. Verse 35, In the same day when even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. Verse 37, and there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. The first lesson I want us to learn this morning is this. Following Jesus doesn't exempt us from the storm. I say it again. Following Jesus doesn't exempt us from a storm. Brethren, no one amongst us is exempted 
from the storms of life. Storms of life spares no one. Storms are impartial. They happen to the good and bad people. They happen to believers and unbelievers. Some of you may say, well, what's the use of following God? That's not the point. The Bible says, For he, God, maketh his son to rise on the evil and the good, and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. Matthew 5.45 And by the way, folks, if you haven't experienced any storm, difficulty, trials, tribulation in your life, can you please, can you please come and see me after the service because I want to know it. Who has an experience of storm? Come on, put your hand up. Uh, we're the only one that doesn't have, isn't it? Or experience? Folks, all of us will face a storm whether we like it or not. A storm came, came to Jonah when he disobeyed God. We all know that. That's why he ended up in Baramandi Hotel for three days and three nights. Yes, he did. What does the Bible say? A great fish swallowed him up. He spent three nights and three days in Baramandi Hotel. I don't know where that is, but just came to me, you know. Just want to lighten you up. But when he disobeyed God, A storm came to him. A storm came to the disciples when they obeyed God. Jesus said, get into the boat and let us go over unto the other side. Let us pass over unto the other side. The disciples get into the boat and they sailed right into a storm. What does that tell us? That even when we follow the Lord, we will still encounter storms. They were obeying God. They were obeying God. They were in the center of God's will. But they encountered some storms because of their obedience to God. When you're going through a difficult storm, difficult time in your life, you must be careful. You must be careful that you don't assume that you are out of the will of God. You know, sometimes you say, oh, you know what? I'm in this storm because I'm doing something wrong. Folks, that's not always the case. You see in here, in the life of the disciples, they encountered the storm because they obeyed the will of God. Like I said, sometimes when the storms of life comes, we or our tendency is to think that we have done something wrong. The Bible is plastered with 
the examples of people who experience storm in their lives not because of disobedience to God, but because of their obedience to God. They are in the will of God, yet they experience some storms. David. What does the word of God say about David? David was a man after God's own heart. But he spent most of his young life running away from King Saul, who was about to, who, who is bent on destroying him. He had enemies who wanted he, his destruction. Even, even his own son, his own flesh and blood, wanted to take away the kingdom from him. Talk about trials. Talk about trials. Brethren, his life wasn't free from a storm. How about Job? How about Job? God said that there was no man like Job. The Bible says that Job was perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil. Job chapter 1 verse 1. Job was blameless and upright, a man who feared God and shunned evil. However, everything was taken away from him. Everything was taken away from him. All his wealth. All his health. All his children were killed. The worst thing is that his wives said to Job, Job, curse God and die. What a model wife, isn't it? Job, just curse God and die. His so-called friends accused him that he got sins that he got sins in his life. Do you think he didn't have to worry about storms? Next is Joseph. We all know the story. The Bible says that God was with him, and because of that, he prospered. He was very pleasing in the sight of God, but he was sold to slavery by his own brethren. Can you take that? Your own sibling will sell you to people, unknown people. And when it seems that things are going his way, where he was serving in Egypt, he was falsely accused sent to prison, and then he was forgotten. Can you say that Joseph's life was free from storms? 
Certainly not. How about the apostle po? A man who experienced many storms in his life. He was the apostle to the Gentiles. He was greatly used by God. Yet, he suffered shipwreck, beatings, and many others. I had a friend that I went to Bible college, a lovely man of God. He went into the ministry, and I think after a couple of years, one of their children died. The wife said to him, I want a divorce. Folks, following God, following Jesus, doesn't exempt us from the storms of life. You know what I think is that many of us who know and love the Lord think that we should be exempt from the stormy experiences of life. The sad thing is that even our pulpits today are full of preachers who will preach a message of convenience, a message of feel good. They would say, come to Jesus and all your problems will be solved. Folks, that's not in my Bible. My Bible says that, or Jesus says, in the world you shall have tribulations, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12, Yea, and some, now it says, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall have no problems. It doesn't say that. It says, shall suffer persecution. Are you going through a storm right now? You shouldn't be surprised. Let's go to the book of First, First Peter chapter four. First Peter chapter four. First Peter chapter four, verses twelve and sixteen. Verses twelve and sixteen, beloved. Think not concerning the fiery trial. I will use the word storm in there, which is to try you as though some strange things thing happened to you. Drop down to verse 16. Yet if any man suffer as Christian, let, it, let him not be ashamed, but he, let him glorify God on this behalf. We all face a storm. And we are not immune from the storms of life. Just because you are following the will of God in your life, doesn't mean that you will be exempt 
from the storms of life. It doesn't mean that you don't have any problems to face in life. Lesson number one, following Jesus doesn't exempt us from the storm. Lesson number two, let's go back to the book of Mark. Lesson number two, Jesus is with us in the storm. And all God's people say, Jesus is with us in the storm. Look at verse 35 again at the, uh, at the last part of the verse. Let us pass over unto the other side. Who says that? The Lord. She said, let us. He includes himself. That tells us that even when we encounter storms in life, he is with us. He is with us. We have the hardest time finding God in the middle of the storm. But can I tell you this morning, that is the time when God is evidently working in our lives. When we are in the middle of a storm, it is hard to see the hand of God, isn't it? It is hard. Let's us be real this morning. We don't say, you know what? Bring in the storm. No, we don't do that. We would say, Lord, take away the storm, isn't it? God is with us in the storm. During the storms of life, we tend to say to God, God, where are you? God, are you there? Have you forgotten me, Lord? I'm serving you. I'm doing your will in my life. Not knowing that he is with us in the storm. A great sign of maturity as a believer is when we can experience storm in life, and yet we continue to trust God. That's a sign of maturity, folks. Even when it doesn't make sense, even when that rebellious Kid, it's not back at home. Even when that loved one has a terminal cancer, it's not getting any better. And yet we say, Lord, I trust in you because he is with us in the storm. He is with us in the storm. You know, our tendency when the storm of life comes away is we say, woe is me. Woe is me. But can I encourage you this morning, if you are a child of God, there is nothing there is nothing in life that this life can throw in your pathway that you will have to navigate alone. 
There is no storm that you will have to face by yourself. That is if you are a child of God. Yes, brethren, the storms will come, but you can make it through the storms because Jesus is always there with you in the storm. The sad thing is that we tend to forget that. We tend to forget that he is with us in the storm. We tend to think that we are all alone. We tend to think God is far, far away. You know, like he is in Timbuktu. There's a place called Timbuktu anyway. We think that God is so busy helping others, but not us. Have you been in that situation where you feel that way? But let me encourage you. Whatever storms you are facing right now, God is with you. Believe it. Believe it. God is with you. God has promised every, every, child, every child of his, Lo, I am with you always. Matthew 28, verse 20. A familiar verse that even all of us can bring to memory. Hebrews 13, 5. Come on, folks. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Let's go to the book of Isaiah. The book of Isaiah. A good verse to recall to memory when we think that we are all alone in our trials and in our difficulties. Chapter 43. Chapter 43. But now that said the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I call thee by my name, by thy name. Thou art mine. Verse 2. When thou passest through the waters, I'm not there. No, it says, I will be with thee. And though the river and through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. He said, all of these things that you are experiencing right now, I am with you. Why? Because you are mine. Because you are mine. Folks, what a comfort it is to know that in the midst of our trials, tribulation, problems, sufferings, storms, God is with us every step of the way. God is with us through every step of the way. If you are a child this morning, child of God this morning, you can take comfort in the knowledge 
that you will never have to face a storm alone. Just because God is quiet doesn't mean he, is, he isn't present. Just because things are, going, are not going the way we want them to be, it doesn't mean that God isn't interested. Just because we don't feel or see God doesn't mean that He isn't near. Folks, He is always there. Jesus is always present in the storm. I don't know about you, but I'd rather be in a storm with Jesus than outside the storm without him. Without him. Are you glad this morning that the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, is with you in your storm? I am. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. Lesson number one, following Jesus doesn't exempt us from the storm. Lesson number two, Jesus is with us in the storm. Lesson number three, let's get back to the book of Mark again. Let's book of Mark. Storms force us to cry out to Jesus. Storms force us to cry out to Jesus. Verse 38, And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? They didn't whisper. They say it in a loud voice. They cry out to God. Yes, folks, in times, in times of storm, we must cry out to God. And when I say cry out to God, cry out. Whatever is in your heart, tell it to God. Whatever is in your heart, tell it to God. I believe that many times we think that God will be offended or hurt when we tell him what's ailing or hurting us. Folks, he will not be offended. He will not be offended. You know, many times we, we, only, we only cry, we only tell God about the, the things that we were doing good. Our successes, well, we, we don't talk about him or, you know, our fears, our problems. Why not? He's the only one that can solve your problem and my problem. We make him as the last resort. We treat him like a spare tar. You know the spare tar? Men, have you checked your spare tar lately? Who checked their spare tar lately? Come on, folks. Who? No one. And that includes me. And you know what? 
That is the way we treat, out, we treat God. We only cry out when we have problems. But he said, cry out to me. Tell me what's bothering you. Tell me what's ailing you. Tell me what's your problem. Tell me what is your storm. Cry out to me. Cry out to me. When you cry out to God, just tell him how you are feeling. God, where are you? God, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to my family? God, what are you trying to do? Lord, I don't like this. Lord, I don't understand this. God, this is really hard. God, I can't go on anymore. Help. Help. Can I tell you that all those things are okay? God will not be offended. God not will, will be hurt. He will be glad that you want to commune with him, that you want to share your heartaches, your headaches, your problems, difficulties, trials, temptations, troubles, testing. You know, this is just my opinion, okay? And you can agree or disagree with me. Sometimes we feel as though we need to sanitize all of our prayers. No. God wants you to speak from your heart. God wants you to speak from your heart. God wants honest prayer. He wants honest prayer. We go to God and say, Lord, you know, thank you all for the blessings. And then we stop. We can say, Lord, help me. I couldn't take it anymore. I need your help. Storm force us to cry out to Jesus. This morning, I want to encourage you to read the book of Psalms. Read the honesty of David and others as they cry out to God. And even, even express their frustration to God. Do you know that the Lord even says this when hanging on the cross? My God, my God, why thou hast forsaken me? Storms force us to cry out to God.
what I am trying to impress upon your heart this morning is this. Talk to God about it. Talk to God about it. Call out to God. That is what the disciples did. And folks, it will do us well to do the same. Cry out to God. You know, sometimes or many times, God will let us to get at the end of our rope, so to speak, or come to the end of ourselves in order for us to cry out to him. We all know that disciples, some of them will probably, all of them are capable fishermen. That is their uh, livelihood. I, could, I, would, I would even dare to say that, you know, with their eyes closed, they, they know where the fish are. And yet, the Bible says that they cried out to Jesus. Care us now that we perish. The disciples weren't afraid of the storm. They were afraid of drowning. There's a saying that God helps those who help themselves. You know what? That's not in my Bible. What is in my Bible is God will not give you anything that you are not able to take. That's what my Bible says. But folks, when it comes to adversity and trouble, God will allow us to be burdened to the point where we realize that we cannot fix the problem by ourselves. Come on, folks. We cannot. We need the help of God. We need the help of God. What if the disciples had been saying, uh, you know what? Let us not bother the Lord. He is asleep. He's resting. Just let him take a power nap. What would be the end result? Devastation, loss of lives. And yet, like I said, there are times that we do that, don't we? We try to do everything that we can to solve the problem, the trials, the difficulties of life. And when we can no longer solve it, we say, Lord, help me. Folks, that should not be the case with a child of God. We should not be saying, we can handle it without you, Lord, because we cannot handle it. Brethren, it is, it is when life is unbearable that we are forced to cry out to God. 
The Apostle Paul understood this. In talking about some of his personal trials, he wrote in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 1, if you care to go in there, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Wrong chapter. Verse 8 and 9. Verse 8 and 9. For we would not Brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came, at, which came to us in Asia, that we press out of measure above strength, in so much that we despaired even of life? But we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God, which raised the dead. You know what the Apostle Paul is saying? We don't have any hope. But you know what? God is our hope. God is our hope. As I think of this, if God is able to raise the dead, is He will or He is able to solve your problem right now. What we need to cry out to him. We need to cry out to him. You may be going through a desperate time right now. You are at the point of total desperation. And you're asking yourself, what do I need to do? You know, I had, I had a, a lecturer in, in, in Bible college. Every time, uh, you know, he, he wants to give, give advice, he always say three things. For example, you know, you want to know God more? said, read your Bible first. Second, read your Bible. Third, you re- read your Bible. I'm telling you right now, The best thing that you can do is cry out to Jesus, firstly. And secondly, cry out to Jesus. Thirdly, cry out to Jesus. Lessons from the storm of life. Following Jesus doesn't exempt us from the storms of life. Jesus is with us. In the storm, storm forces us to cry out to Jesus. And lastly, maybe Jesus is greater. I say greater than the storms of life. Jesus is greater than the storms of life. Let's go back to, to the Book of Mark, chapter four. And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. 
And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Jesus is greater than the storms of life. Brethren, I'm here to tell you this morning that Jesus has the power over the storm in your life. Jesus is greater than the storms of life. When the disciples asked the question, Master, carest thou not that we perish? He just spoke the word. Peace, be still. He didn't shout, by the way, folks. Peace, be still. And the Bible says there was a great calm. There was a great calm. Jesus had complete authority over the wind and the waves. It can be easy for us to be like the disciples. Desperate at times. And because of desperation, we forget that God is greater than any storm that you can experience in this life. Do do you believe that? Do you believe that? How come then that we fret, we worry, we scratch our head? Folks, Jesus is greater than the storms of life. He isn't alarmed. He isn't surprised. When he said, let us go over unto the other side, he knew that they would encounter a storm. And the lesson I, I, I believe he wants the disciples to learn is that, hey, I'm the Lord of the storm. There's nothing too hard for me. With God, all things are possible, the Bible says. Jesus is greater than the storms of life. I am here to tell you this morning, brethren, that the same God who had the power over the storm his disciples were facing is the same God is the same God who has the power over the storms you are facing today.
brethren, he's not powerless to intervene. He's not unable to step in. No. He has all the authority. He has all the power. The wind and the waves are, are at his command. God has dominion over the storm. You know, one of the characteristic, characteristics of God is that he is omnipotent. And maybe, Brother AJ, you will, you will tackle that one day. You know what omnipotent is? All powerful. Brethren, our God is an all powerful God. He has authority over any storm. He has the power to, to stop this, that storm that you're experiencing right now. But he, also, he can also choose not to do so. But can I tell you this morning? Can I tell you this morning? He will give you the grace. Listen. He will give you the grace that enables you to go through this storm. Whatever storm you're experiencing right now, He will give you the grace day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute. He will give you the grace. He will give you the grace. When we don't know what to do, he has all the answers. When we, are bring, when we are powerless to bring ourselves out of the storm, he is mighty to save. When we are hopeless to do anything about our problems, he's already working to fulfill his purpose. Why? Because he is powerful. He is powerful. Quickly. Lesson number five. If Jesus is in your boat, you'll make it through the storm. You'll make it through the storm. Jesus said, let us pass over unto the other side. And what, an, what a comforting it is to know that when we, when we have Jesus in our lives, we can make it through the storm. You know, God never promised that we'll live the smooth sailing, storm-proof life. He just promised a safe deliverance. Chapter 5, verse 1 says, And they came over unto the other side of the sea. With Jesus in your boat, in your life, you can make it through the storm. I will conclude with this story, and many of us are familiar with this story. The greatest maritime disaster of history was the sinking of the Titanic on April 15, 1912. 
It was a storm that sank her. It was an iceberg, but it was also the arrogance of the shipbuilders. It was supposed to be an unsinkable ship, but that's all she ever did, sink. One of the crew members commented to Mrs. Sylvia Caldwell when she boarded, God himself could not sink this ship. What a terrible statement it is. We all know the tragic story of how there weren't enough lifeboats and over 1,500 perished. But there's a part of the story we've never heard. The Titanic had been built in Belfast, Northern Ireland. After the news of the sinking, the people of Belfast took to the streets to weep and mourn. Grown men embraced other men as they cried bitter tears. The ship sank on Monday. The following Sunday at their Presbyterian church, there was a great sadness because 16 men who were members of that church had been working as engineers on the ship and all 16 had drowned in the icy waters of the North Atlantic. The church was packed to overflowing that Sunday. Pastor Andrew Smith to choose to preach on the text we will study today, Mark 4, Mark 4, 35 to 41. He made an amazing statement to the grieving congregation. He said, there was only one vessel in all of history that was truly unsinkable. The little boat occupied by the sleeping Savior. Then he added, in the only hearts that can weather the storms of life are hearts with Jesus inside. Did you notice the last thing the disciple asked, they said, who is this man? Who is this man? Even the, wa the wind, the waves obey him. Folks, that's a pretty important question for you to answer as well. Who is this man? Who is this man? Let me tell you about him. He is Jesus. The Son of God. And you know what? You can trust him. At, at my best, I couldn't describe him. Why? Because he is indescribable. He is incomprehensible. He is in, invincible. He is irresistible. My friend, you cannot outlive him. And you cannot. I say you cannot live without him. Death could not conquer him, and the grave couldn't hold him. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. He is the God of the future and the God of the past. And folks, there is no other name given under heaven whereby men must be saved. 
It's Jesus, and you can trust him. It's Jesus, and you can trust him. Heads bowed, eye closed, please. It's brother AJ come. Heads bowed, eye closed. Heads bowed and eyes closed, and today, 